and welcome back to another episode of the Scranton Talks podcast. Are you an aspiring filmmaker? Do you love film or are you new to filmmaking? Scranton Talks is the podcast for you. It is full of inspirational, informative, and fun talks with other filmmakers and creatives about their projects and their journeys. Scranton Talks is part of the Independent Film Creative Hub based in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Hosts Luce Cabrales and myself, Desiree Zelensky, founded the Independent Film Creative Hub, which is geared to help filmmakers reach their potential in becoming successful creative artists. And I'm so glad you can join us for another episode of our podcast. Uh, we have been taking a little bit of a break in June and July from doing our live talks, um, just finishing up some projects that we have going on. But we do have some events in the works. Uh, if you happen to be in the Northeast Pennsylvania area, be sure to come over to our Indie Filmmaker Meetup. That's happening on Saturday, July 30th at 1130 a.m. at Black Watch Cafe in Scranton. It's inside Nayog Park. It is a casual event to come together, hang out, and network for the film enthusiasts and filmmakers of Northeast Pennsylvania and beyond. We usually just talk about different things. We share current projects and screenplays, or we just vent to each other. <laughs> our, our goal is to really support each other and strengthen the local filmmaking community here. But if you're not a filmmaker, but you're a fan of all things video production and cinema, you can come hang out and talk shop with us. Um, we're hoping that the weather's good. Hopefully it won't be super hot <laughs> as we will be sitting outside at Black Watch's outdoor patio. So if you want to come, if you're in the area, it's at Black Watch Cafe. It's 239 Arthur Avenue in Scranton. Uh, it's inside Nayog Park. So on the weekends, street parking is free and you can also park inside the park. Um, also for the safety, masking is encouraged. And if you happen to not be feeling well for any reason, we do kindly ask that you do not come in an effort to keep everyone safe and healthy. Uh, so that's coming up on Saturday and we're getting geared up for the launch of the 2023 mystery box film challenge that's launching on September 1st. So be sure to follow the mystery box film challenge on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date. Cause we'll do a Facebook live announcing all the items and prompts that you'll have to use for the 2023 Mystery Box Film Challenge on our Facebook page. So be sure to check out that. And Luce has been very busy with working on a documentary. And if you are in the Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, Northeast Pennsylvania area, be sure to come out on August 18th, celebrating the 40th anniversary of Jason Miller's 1982 film, That Championship Season, Luce and Scranton Films have had a great collaborative relationship with producer Robert Savankis, and they have a documentary called Scranton's Championship Season, looking at Jason Miller's famous film. Jason Miller was originally from Scranton. He filmed parts of the championship season in Taylor. So be sure to come out for that. It's The premiere is August 18th, gates open at 7. Documentary starts at 8.30 p.m. and it's followed by the showing of that championship season film as well at the Drive-In Theater in Dixon City. So be sure to check out that. We got amazing things going on. Luce and I had a chance to chat and talk with filmmaker and colorist Patrice D. Bowman. Patrice is a New York City-based award-winning filmmaker and colorist with over six years of experience. Her films focus on the nuanced spiritual lives of women of color, particularly those of African-American women. She is the owner of the film production and post-production company Bowman Pictures. 
She received a BA in Film and Media Studies from Yale University. Currently, her experimental short adaptation of the biblical book Ecclesiastes Under the Sun, After the Wind is on the film festival circuit. Her previous short, Saturday Grace, was selected to screen at the Academy Award qualifying Real Sisters of the Diaspora Film Festival and Lecture Series. Her first short film, Lead on Him, won the Howard R. Lamar Prize Film and Video at Yale University in 2015. Her color grading work can be seen in a variety of places from PBS Real South to Nike. And her website is bowmanpicturesllc.com if you want to learn more about Patrice and if you want to collaborate with her. I'll have that in the show notes as well. So hope you enjoy this episode where we chatted with Patrice D. Bowman. Hello, Hi, everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for another Scranton Talks. I think this is probably our third. Uh, fourth, oh, actually. Fourth, <laughs> fourth for the month of May. Uh, yep. So uh Thank you so much for joining me uh, in Desiree. My name, my name is Luz, and I am the co-founder of the Independent Film Creative Hub, as well as the uh, founder of Scranton Films. And my name is Desiree. I'm also the co-founder of the Independent Film Creative Hub. I'm also the founder of a local film community called NEPA Film Society, as well as the organizer for the Mystery Box Film Challenge. Yes, and we're so th thrilled today. Um, we've had, like I said, quite a busy uh, month of May uh, doing a lot of uh, talks, but they were yep. very engaging. Uh, we thank all, all, all of our guests uh, for being able to put in the time and for you to be able to watch. Yeah, we're so great for everyone's engagement mm -hmm. and continuing with us, Andre. And just a side note, we hit our one-year mark for Scranton oh, yes. Talks. We started Scranton Talks a year ago on May 3rd with the filmmakers of oh. drought oh we did i totally forgot about we've that. been so Time busy price. we almost forgot we like we're been yes. doing screen talks for one year you know what uh what's so funny too um i haven't put it on facebook but uh this also marks the fifth year anniversary of scranton films uh which yeah. is really exciting because uh that just means that you know it takes a lot of hard work to get something going but just to be able to have Scranton Talks, Independent Film Creative Hub, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing just the stuff that we've been able to do in, you know, five years for Scranton Films and a year for Scranton Talks. Um, yeah. We just, you know, couldn't be happier, right? It's great. It's, it's been so much fun. It has. And um, Desiree, you're going to introduce our filmmaker for the evening. And I'll let, uh, I'll let it uh, go here and uh, I'll make sure to put all the graphics that you need. Yeah, so today, the guest for today is Patrice D. Bowman. She is a New York City-based award-winning filmmaker and colorist. Her films focus on the nuanced spiritual lives of women of color, particularly those of African-American women. She is the owner of the film production and post-production company Bowman Pictures. She received a BA in film and media studies from Yale University. Her color grading work can be seen in a variety of places from PBS Real South to Nike. Welcome, nice. welcome, uh, Patrice. Yeah, welcome, uh, we Patrice. are very uh, happy that you're able to join us today. Yes, Luz and Desiree, thank you so much for having me on your talk. Nah, no, thank it's you. Um, what pleasure. I want to get, oh, sorry, Desiree, I'm always no, it's okay, it's our pleasure. <laughs> no, it is ahead. definitely our pressure, pleasure. And what I want to do first is uh, I want to tell our audience just a little bit about you uh, before we get to uh, to your specialties, uh, just sort of how you got interested in the creative field. And, and, and what got you uh, into this uh, uh, creative journey? 
Of course. Well, ever since I was like a little kid, I really loved the storytelling of, of films. I mm -hmm. remember growing up watching old movies from like the 50s and 60s on Turner Classic Movies. And then sort of just fast forwarding through that, I, I eventually uh, took, you know, really good filmmaking classes in college at Yale. And that's what inspired me to major in film studies and also learn how to write them and, you know, direct them and also do some things behind the scenes. So that all that pretty much set the stage for what I do now here in New York, where, as you said, I am a filmmaker, I'm a colorist, so I write and direct my own stories. And of course, I use my color grading abilities to help tell visually other people's stories as well in a variety of genres and uh, filmmaking areas. Nice. That's great. That's great. Um, uh, I have seen some of your films um, and I have seen uh, your work definitely. And I, and I really do love it. I, I really love that. Uh, it shows that you really, really like and love what you do. Uh, so it's very, it's very nice to see that uh, in, um, in someone, you know, uh, just the passion. Uh, how do you, just to follow up a uh, question to that. Um, so you were getting started in, in this. Um, you say you, you learn how to write, direct, color. Uh, do, do you also say you edit? Yes. So th there was a time where I was doing like editing and color grading. I have mm -hmm. done editing and color grading for my latest short film, Under the Sun After the Wind. I did it for Saturday Grace, the one before then other films as well. But as of now, I have focused my energies on really just honing my craft as a writer, director, and then also as a colorist. Very, very That's cool. great. Yeah, speaking of your a particular area of being a colorist, what is your approach to working and collaborating with filmmakers on trying to get the look that they need for their project? So what's your process of like, do you like do boarding or like inspiration, visual inspiration or write stuff down? Yes. So when we're talking about the process of working with filmmakers to help them achieve their vision for color, I do like to start with a sort of lookbook that they might have, some sort of reference that they turn to and have in their head about what they want their film to sort of look like. It can be maybe one film or a couple of films, and I look at the images that they have put together in a document or you know, sometimes maybe we've already watched the same film. So that's sort of the starting point. And then after we have that starting point of seeing like those solid images, then after that, it's just communication of me perhaps doing some color tests with some footage, sending stills to them. We sort of have a back and forth to sort of continue to establish how they want their film to look uniquely. So that's sort of the process I, I take to help establish a color look for people's uh, projects. Oh, that's great. Is there any particular tools or if you wanted to share any kind of tricks that you do to get the look that you want or the cinematic look that everyone's looking no. for? <laughs> right. I, I mean, yes, I work yeah, 99% of the time I'm working in DaVinci Resolve and it's a very like robust system. Uh, it can edit, but of course I use it for color grading. And a lot of the tools are just things that I've learned from different uh, color grading websites. Uh, people in my life that have worked in this industry for like 10 plus years learning from them and picking up different skills of like learning how to start with like the establishing idea of like just balancing everything, making sure things aren't too bright or too dark, making sure things are the same color throughout different scenes. And then that's when you sort of move on to more stylized look. 
Uh, and sometimes, you know, you can really push uh, a filmmaker's footage. Sometimes people really want something really out there. But other times I've also learned the importance of just like very small, minute changes to really make subtle uh, differences within a picture. So I, I would say there's that, just like learning from other colorists, just a, a lot of practice since like graduating in 2015 to get better and better and uh, always being inspired by other films out there. Oh, that's that's very good the way yeah. you put it um, because it, it looks like you you really do take um, into consideration that being a colorist is is an art form to begin with right yes. mm -hmm. it is definitely uh, I know that a lot of times we're rushed uh, on projects and and we want to put in that filter you know that look uh, and it, and you can tell really when someone does that uh, because it looks very very template like um, when you're doing this uh, for people. Um, Let's say I make a film and maybe I didn't shoot it the right way or the, okay. the way that you need it. So now you have a challenge to make it, you know, make my vision come true, right? Sure. Um, how do you deal with that um, in the sense if, um, I guess the question is not necessarily that it's shot wrong, but like, does it have to be shot in a particular way for you to do your color the best? Right. Well, yes, of course, there are things to look out for in terms of exposure and white balance and things like that. And those are all things where if that's done correctly, that gives me an easier starting point. There's still mm -hmm. work to be done. Uh, but, you know, I've done I have to deal with challenges like that. For instance, I do work in documentary a lot. And of course, that itself, you deal with a lot of cameras. You are really focused on telling the story. So sometimes maybe uh, you don't always have the ideal lighting conditions because you're filming real life things. You're not on a movie set. So yes, it's, it goes back to the idea of communicating uh, with the film mm -hmm. maker and just saying, what are, just be realistic about what these issues are. And let's just talk out of like, what can be done, what can't be done. And let's not try to overcorrect because that in itself can be like, not great. I mean, you mentioned like sometimes it's very obvious that a film can look like it has a template. Well, sometimes it can seem very obvious that a film has had been overcorrected to fix those kind of mistakes that happen in production. And sometimes you just have to just have a lighter touch and just accept, um, especially considering the kind of film that you're making. Again, like a documentary, sometimes you have to accept that there will be certain flaws that will be there. Oh, definitely. That, that's those are that's very good advice. Uh, definitely for myself, uh, I do some documentaries, and also for anyone out there, uh, maybe getting started on their film, just to know that um, you know the the better prepared you are, yes. you know, making that film, the easier easiest it makes it for you and and for anyone uh, mm -hmm. doing color. Exactly. That's that's really great. So what I'm I'm gonna dive into your production company. Um, I think that's my next next question, right? I didn't. Maybe you wanna, if anyone out there doesn't know what a colorist specifically does, maybe kind of explain the job specifics of what does what is a colorist essentially. Sure. So yes, uh, the quickest way to describe it is that a colorist is a part of the finishing process. So you filmed your movie, you've had it edited. You know, picture is locked, meaning it's the edit isn't going to change anymore. And so that's when you're preparing your film for final delivery to film festivals or streaming or wherever it's going to end up living uh, in the end. And so a colorist along with a sound mixer and designer and a composer and visual effects person, we're all part of the finishing process to get it past the finish line. And so as a colorist, my job is to both 
balance out your movie, um, really focusing on things that are maybe too bright, too dark, skin tones may look too green or too blue, fixing that. And then once that basic correction is done throughout your film, and of course, after having had discussions with the filmmaker and maybe the director of photography who's involved, once that basic correction is done, then we start feeling out what exactly is the style of this film in order to help tell the story. It's just a colorist is the person in charge of color to help tell the story visually. You're working alongside of the visuals that have already been established through set design or costuming, of course, director of photography, all those things. We are there to just emphasize and correct and uh, help tell the story. Very cool. That's, That's very well put. Very well put. And, uh, and, uh, and that brings me uh, to your production company. You do have a production company, uh, actually production and post-production company where you yes. do all this. I'm going to put it right here on the screen uh, just for everybody. BowmanPicturesLC.com um, is the website. Yes. Um, maybe talk to me a little bit about that. I know that... Um, you have committed to tell underrepresented stories, especially of African-American women uh, that um, are powerful and people need to see. Uh, this, now we're going to shift into your directing, maybe your writing, a little bit of producing, um, mm -hmm. as well as any editing. Uh, so just tell me a little bit about that and why is that important for you? Yes. So, yeah, Bowman Pictures is this company that I officially established as an LLC in, like, 2018 while I was still doing the whole, I'm working freelance, but I'm also working for a company thing. And then slowly throughout the years, I continue to work through my company in order to just build my brand and to gather clients. And so as of now, I am working just for Bowman Pictures and I'm able to concentrate not only as a colorist for my own company, but also obviously helping to tell underrepresented stories. So yes, I... Through my company, I have produced my own short films where I do focus on, you know, women of color. My first sort of like major short film, Lean on Him, focused on an Asian American woman and her mother and the crisis of faith that she has when her mother develops dementia. And then after that, there was, of course, a Saturday Grace, which Lucy, you, you saw that uh, dealt with an African American woman who befriends another African American woman in a park because they both discover they love dance. And then, of course, after this, uh, under the sun, after the wind, my, my latest short film is about a you know African American woman who is experiencing mentally and physically the news of COVID nineteen and police brutality through a phone. It's sort of an experimental piece. So it's it's through my own films that I'm telling like these underrepresented stories. And of course, I'm lending my color grading skills to different <laughs> uh, films that focus on. Again, just like really marginalized groups telling their own stories, like whether it's from a short film I worked on about, you know, a, mm -hmm. a child in the foster care system or African-American funeral workers in Texas in a documentary um, or, you know, even some like branded content things that sort of focus on people of color. Uh, all of those things are ways that I've been able to lend what I've learned throughout the years uh, to people that want to tell these stories. So yeah, definitely, and and that's one of the films that I have seen. Uh, in, in, is it like about a seven minute and maybe yes. a little bit more? Yeah, seven minute uh, film um, that we actually showed at a marathon, uh, Scranton yes. Marathon. Uh, that's how I met uh, Patrice. Uh, she, uh, I think it was through um, the New York uh, 
women in film uh, group, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that uh, was when we first connected and I saw the film and uh, I believe it's on our creative hub. It basically just links to your uh, Vimeo. Um, yes. So anyone can watch it on the creative hub or go straight to the website and learn more about her on this. Um, the other film that we're going to talk about, Desiree has more info about that, is, is your latest uh, project. Yes. Yeah, so um, you mentioned about your recent short film, Under the Sun After the Wind. It's an experimental short adaptation of the biblical book, Ecclesiastes. If I'm yes. not saying that, I might be butchering that. Is on the film festival circuit right now, and we have like yes, a quick is. trailer. Well, yeah, that, that looks very powerful. That, it looks very intense and very powerful. And if you want to tell us more about it and the process of getting it completed and why was it important for you to tell the story? It's a, it seems like a very important story at this time in particular. Yes. And while you do that, uh, I'm going to just put in uh, the behind the scenes on the screen so you can sort of talk about that as well, okay? Oh, yes, yeah. excellent. Thank you. So, yes, uh, with Under the Sun After the Wind, this is yet another film like Lean on Him and Saturday Grace where I wrote it, I directed it, and I pretty much led the, I pretty much did the editing and color grading for it as well. And I was inspired to write this film like during the the initial lockdown of 2020. And I found myself like many other people, very isolated. Mm -hmm. I was on furlough for my job and I was trying to figure out exactly what I was going to do with my life. I didn't know with this, such a, a significant change of being isolated, not working. I didn't really know what to do myself. So I really did focus a lot of time just thinking about what I was seeing on the internet and finding myself just seeing way too much and just having to pull back sometimes, but then just going back into the internet anyway and feeling bad. Uh, But at the same time, I was also reading a lot more because I just, there just really wasn't much to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was reading and one of the things I did read was the biblical book of Ecclesiastes, which is a book that discusses among other things, just what is the purpose of living? Like what is the the meaning of doing a good things, but it seems like evil people prosper. Uh, you see suffering and you mm-hmm. just, you're not really sure what the point of all of it is. It, ultimately it is a book that states you should do, you should do what is right and righteous, but it is a book that like my film, it really does struggle with the question of there's just, there's just way too much going on, too much chaos, too much violence, uh, too much hate out there. And just trying to figure out what can you really do. Uh, so it was with all that in mind and my isolation that I wrote this film just to stay active as a filmmaker. Because at that point, like I said, I was on furlough. I didn't even know if I was going to stay yeah. in the film industry or not. And then I decided that once the lockdown sort of, you know, it eased up and people were slowly, safely figuring out how to film that's when I decided that I, I could film this it, during like this, this in 2021. Of course, that meant that I was going to have to work with a very limited crew, uh, which I did. And I have one cast member, uh, Portland B. Thomas, the only uh, person performing in the film. I have one location that was a studio one in Brooklyn. It was the cyclorama that you see on set, very small crew. Uh, really, there were just a couple of people in that cyclorama room and a couple of people outside, sort of just like distance and waiting around. And that was what I was working with. And I, I worked within that limitation to sort of 
tell this story of like isolation and seeing these very disturbing things on the internet and being mentally impacted by it. And also physically because those images eventually project into uh, the main character's surroundings and onto her. But ultimately though, it is also a film about human resilience because there are shots, of course, of people protesting mm-hmm. and just banding together to make the world a better place. So it, it, it is like an intense film, but I didn't want it to be a pessimistic one. I wanted it to be one that ended with a message of hope, which it seems like from what I, I've been told, people did feel that as well. That's, That's good. Very cool. Yeah. And, and as far as the production, I mean, this looks really, really interesting. Just the way, like you said, it was one location, uh, one actress and just minimal crew. Um, not just because of COVID, but uh, it looks like, um, is this how you usually work with a small crew or it, this was just because of COVID? Well, uh, being an independent filmmaker, I, I have to work like, with certain limitations anyway. Mm-hmm. So I've never had a, a super large crew. I, I know for Saturday Grace, uh, maybe it was like slightly larger uh, because we were moving up around multiple locations. We mm-hmm. needed transportation and things like that. But yes, for this one, definitely uh, way more uh, sparse compared to, <clears throat> excuse me, the other one. No, that's, nice. that's very cool. You know, and uh, we, we live in a small town uh, here, so uh, we're trying to bring in studios like this that um, yes. I'm assuming you rented the space and you yes. brought in your own crew. Yes, I did. I rented uh, this space and it was in Brooklyn. Very cool. That's great. Yeah, no, it looks very interesting. So you say this one is, let me just uh, put it out. Yeah, you said this one's on the festival run. If there's like, if you want to tell people like upcoming festivals that this may be appearing or if you submitted anywhere. Uh, Yes. So as of now, I I just got word today that I was going to be in the Roxbury Film Festival. So it will be playing there next month. And I will be, of course, putting on social media and then notifying crew. I mean, it's something where I just heard it today. So uh, this is an announcement. And of course, I I also, hearing back from some other festivals as well, uh, but some of the scheduling is still being finalized. So I'm waiting until uh, to announce that. It's great. That look, I mean, it looks looks really powerful. It looks very... um, very nice uh, and very well done as well. Uh, I really love uh, just the way you have, like, you know, the, the projection on her, a little bit of the... Uh, how do you do that social media um, on the on the smartphone? Like, was that all live oh, yes. or was it after? Right. So anytime you saw the scrolling on social media, mm-hmm. that was work from uh, visual effects artists that I, I worked with, Yasmin. Yasmin and uh, I collaborated with her to sort of make these mock-ups of videos that I found online and had, you know, cleared. And uh, she just put them in. And she also made sort of like some fake Instagram posts, all to really simulate the idea of someone just like scrolling through social media. Yeah, That's very cool. And um, after you're done with this, uh, any future um, new projects that you may have in mind? Yes. So as of now, I, I had my my first feature screenplay uh, workshopped in a filmmaking group that I'm a part of here in New York called Film Shop. Uh, and oh, cool. yes, and it it is a a horror feature, but also you know of it's faith based about a a girl who loses her father at a very young age, and it's a story of just 
what happens when one night she sees that he's come back and it sort of deals with uh, sort of the fallout of that and her trying to figure out this mystery of why is he coming back. And of course this coincides with a lot of mysterious disturbing things happening in her, her neighborhood as well. So, so that's the, the feature that's been workshopped and that I'm sort of focusing on. I am currently revising it. And of course there's another feature film that I am still outlining and it deals with a, a woman who is uh, is sort of dealing with the uh, the impact of postpartum depression uh, upon her and her new family. So th- those are the two films that I, I'm working out right now. Very cool. And do you see uh, like a timeline on that um, that you hope? Uh, are you doing any campaigns or anything uh, or would it be like self-funded? So yes, with the first uh, horror screenplay that I workshopped called Father's Shadow, that's something where I am, well, I have submitted it to different screenwriting labs in order to continue to get support and eventually get funding. I am in the process of revising it so that it's in a stronger state to actually show it to different people. Uh, the idea, of course, is to do a, a proof of concept short first, which I have also written had workshopped. And with that proof of concept short, the attention to that could help, you know, funnel attention to the feature and of course funnel uh, support and funds to the feature as well. Very, very cool. Um, Desiree, nice. I know um, maybe I'm going to let you ask the last question. Uh, well, <laughs> see if there's any. Um, I know we have quite a few people watching. I just don't know if anyone asked the question. So for those who are watching and you have a question uh, for Patrice, a question. This, is, this is your time, uh, you know, to shine. Uh, make sure you um, do that. But um, maybe, uh, Desiree, you can uh, lead with that question that we asked all of our filmmakers at the end of um of our streams. Yes. So the question we always ask is what advice will you give to those filmmakers out there trying to make it maybe something that could have been helpful as you were diving into your personal creative journey, any inspiration or pearls of wisdom? (laughs) Sure. Well, I would say that one thing that I've, I've noticed when looking at like my own career, but also talking with other filmmakers is that it would have been great if someone could have taught us more about all the steps of filmmaking when we were in like college or something, because at that state, when you are studying college, still trying to figure out life, everyone has it in their mind, including myself to think, yeah, I'm just going to be a writer director, just a director. And I'm just going to move to, you know, New York city or Los Angeles and just do it. But what I realized while I was working and again, talking to other people in the industry is that it would have been very valuable to learn more about other parts that are that make up the the world of filmmaking like i did not learn how to be a colorist in college i that's something where i maybe watched a couple youtube videos but that wasn't really taught to me and it i would say that for filmmakers who are working hard now just one thing that i found that really helped me with funding my own stuff and keeping me afloat in New York city, which is not a very cheap place to live in is that learning a very technical skill, like with a colorist or maybe for other people, you want to do sound things or visual effects, learning those very technical skills to collaborate with other filmmakers and learn from them. And then when they go to like different festivals, you can sort of tag along and sort of get into those different circles more learning a technical skill helps with collaborating and networking. And again, just like, earning enough to support yourself 
in your own creative endeavors. So that's something I, I would say. No, that's that 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 definitely could have uh, been helpful when I was going to school, just being able to see all aspects of production, not just one. Because um, unfortunately, like sometimes everybody wants to be the producer, director, yes. but a lot of times, you know, you need all those other uh, yeah. skills that can either make your own independent films shine, uh, or you can help others while you try to get into the industry as a director, as a producer. And I think. Um, it probably says more about you if you if you can do a lot more, uh, even if it's just a little, at least you know the basics and you know how to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So definitely great advice on that. Um, let me see. I know we had uh, Kyle in. I think he's the only one that was brave enough to at least say hello. Say hello. Oh, <laughs> let me see. Let me see. I have the questions are starting. Okay. Oh, so boy. I have Florence uh, Taylor says, I don't have a question. But appreciate the work you're doing in creating spaces and creative outlets for people of color, and particularly for women with ties to the African, uh, how do you say, dias diaspora? Yeah, diaspora. Oh, very cool. See, that's, nice. that's very nice. Because um, as, as, as filmmakers, we want to inspire, right? We, yes. You know, at least that's what I want to do. I want to create projects that make um, a connection to somebody, uh, right? Because if you can change yeah. someone's perspective, I mean, that's sometimes that's all you need. Um, so that was great that uh, they did that. Um, oh, um, Florence says thank you uh, for that. Right, thank you very much. And, um, very cool. Uh, again, if anyone's out there, you can ask questions. If if you ask questions after, um, we'll be able to follow follow up on that uh, at a later time through our comment section. Uh, nice. But that's um, very cool. So let me just um, then bring it out. I think we did everything here. Mm -hmm. If there's anything or other than your website that uh, or maybe that you want to let people know about uh, how to follow you or if they are interested in um, in collaborating uh, or making any uh, any projects with you, um, what is your process on that? Um, should they go to your website first and then go from there? Yes. So in terms of collaborating with me, I'm definitely, of course, always looking for new collaborators to sort of like share the same mission statement that I do and have like very cool, visually compelling stories to tell. So I, I am social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can find those social media links on the website, of course, uh, BowmanPicturesLLC.com. And you can message me through social media, but I... I am definitely very quick to get back to people. If you message me through my website, that goes directly to my email. And usually I just ask people in the submission page, it was tell me a little bit about yourself, your project, and then we can go from there. Very cool. Very cool. Yes. And make sure serious inquiries only, uh, please. Uh, we yes. want to make sure that, you know, we're all professionals here. Uh, so we want to make sure that uh, if there's, but there's a project, I mean, even in the Scranton area, uh, Brooklyn, the uh, Queens area is only yes. about two, two hours, two and a half hours. So it's not, uh, you know, and now doing everything virtual is even better uh, that we can collaborate as filmmakers. Yes, that's yeah. true. I've I've collaborated with people uh, around the United States, so no, no limitation here. Very cool, very cool. Great. So, uh, for anyone that needs a filmmaker and a colorist, uh, Pat, Patrice, uh, Patrice is for you. Okay, so just make sure that uh, you contact her. And um, this is pretty much the end of Scranton Talks. I mean, thank you again for giving us your evening, uh, and and for being here and um, allowing us to ask you and and sort of dive in into your creative uh, journey. 
uh, and, and we're very, very thankful for that. Great. Luz and Desiree, thank you so much for having me on Scranton Talks. It was really nice to be able to talk a bit more about my work, my company, of course, uh, my, my mission. Oh, that's well, great to you. have you. Yeah. So I'm going to close out uh, with just a quick update before uh, Patrice leaves. Uh, I want to let everybody know and our followers that I'm going to be taking a little break uh, from Scranton Talks just for the next few months. I have a few project deadlines that are coming up. I'm doing a documentary and a children's show, as mm -hmm. many of you know, and mm -hmm. I'm behind. So I got to get on it. And, uh, oh, do you need help, help loose? Um, oh, yeah. everything, everything's in the editing process now. So oh. I got to, you know, it's all uh, on me now. So I got to oh. make sure that it gets done. But I want to uh, let everyone know um, there's going to be a documentary uh, on August 18th at the, um, at the drive-in here in the Scranton area. I'll put it out there where yeah. we're going to premiere that championship season documentary. And it's all about uh, Scranton as well and just where it has been and where it's going as far as filmmaking goes. Um, in the children's show, I don't have a date yet for the premiere, but uh, I'm looking forward to finishing because I have five episodes to finish and wow. then um, go from there. So that's why I'm going to yeah, leave. But we're not stopping Scranton Talks. <laughs> we're not stopping We may not have Talks. one in June, but... <laughs> Okay. I'm going to give all the responsibility to Desiree now uh, to make but sure. But we might have show... some special guest hosts. Yes, hmm. we are going to have someone uh, that is uh, very creative and is going to uh, be a co-host. Um, we won't tell you his or her name yet because we don't want to spoil the surprise. But we mm -hmm. will for sure uh, be announcing that as well. Uh, thank you again. in. Uh, um I think we said all the uh, social media. I didn't. I don't think I even put it on the screen. So <laughs> while you do that, Desiree, let me put it in right here. But yeah, thanks everyone for joining us again. And to those filmmakers out there looking to share their stories, send us a message on our social media accounts. We're on Instagram and on Facebook for the Independent Film Creative Hub. And we'll get back to you if you want to be on the show and we'll pick out a good um, time and day of what works for you and be sure to visit our creativehub.com. You can join our directory. It's free to sign up. And we also put the talks on YouTube if you can't make a live broadcast so you can watch them at, ahead of later once they're up on YouTube. And we have a podcast on Apple podcasts and Spotify where we take the audio from our past talks and put them there as well. Yes. Uh, so definitely we'll be doing all that. Uh, but again, thank you. Uh, and good night. We're going to leave you with our uh, credits and then I'm going to just play uh, those two teasers uh, in the um, in the color reel again, uh, just to end our session. Uh, but again, thank you so much for uh, being part of this, Patrice. Uh, you, you are helping our community grow, uh, and hopefully we shed some light on the good stuff that you're doing. Yes, you definitely did. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Scranton Talks podcast. I hope you enjoyed your time with us. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Independent Film Creative Hub, where you can stay up to date on all the events we have going on and projects, and where you can catch our monthly Scranton Talks live on Facebook and YouTube. If you can't catch a live broadcast, you can see any of our interviews on our YouTube channel and be sure to subscribe. Visit our website, ourcreativehub.com, where you can check out all that we have going on and sign up to our directory. It's free for you. We hope to see you again soon for our next episode of Scranton Talks. Mm -hmm.